Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Well, he's no stranger to love, and he knows the game that we're about to play. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline to wrap up tonight's edition of the Six Rings postgame show from WEEI.com. He was there in the scrum. He saw the look of dismay on the players' faces firsthand. It's Kyrie Thompson. Kyrie, go ahead. Set the scene. Tell us how, tell us what it was like. Give us the real feel, holy field, from down in the locker rooms at Foxborough tonight. Well, it wasn't quite as weird as the Chicago Bears loss, but it was about equally as depressing. And I think that a lot of these offensive players in particular, I felt like today was something of a breaking point where you had guys maybe not saying like, oh, yeah, our offensive coaching is terrible, but they're saying like, why are we throwing the the ball down the field more? Mac Jones was a bit more candid about it than we expected, having to explain that video. Kendrick Bourne talked about it openly. Devontae Parker talked about it. Why are we doing the quick game so much? Why are we trying for more explosive plays? And I think that just some of this, this frustration of why are we doing the same you know, quick game stuff or the same slow developing screens over and over again, it's starting to get to these guys a bit. Yeah, I, I think it was pretty clear that some some veiled it more than others that there there are a lot more questions than answers right now. And I, I think the one thing that makes it worse than the Chicago game is that we are a month and a half later. It's December. Like, you're not only running out of time, you're you're basically out of time. You're six and six. You're in last place. You know, you have a puncher's chance, I guess, at the postseason, but your season is falling apart before before your eyes. And I keep going back to the word dysfunctional. It seems dysfunctional on the field. And now it seems more and more dysfunctional off the field. Do you do you think that's accurate? I feel like it's starting to get that way. I, again, guys don't seem to have the answers, right? I mean, we keep on peppering them with questions about why is the offense not working? Do you feel like you're getting the coaching that you need? And you're starting to see guys like Nelson Aguilar. I, I stood next to him while he was answering some questions. And a lot of his answers were like, well, I can't control that. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. 
or like, oh, yeah, what about the offense and the, the, the penalties and the mis-executions? Like, well, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not messing up. And you're starting to get little some of those threads seeming to fracture where you're getting guys being like, well, I'm just trying not to mess up on my own account. And that's not the kind of thing that you want to hear. I mean, you want to see a, a cohesive unit here and everybody operating on the same page. But again, these guys know what it is out there. They know they're running the same five or six plays. They know the defense knows that they're out there running the five, you know, same five or six passing concepts, and they're just supposed to make it work. And I, I think they're starting to get sick of it. I saw Devontae Parker at one point at, the, at that last fourth quarter drive as he went out of bounds after making a catch. He just had this feeling like, get me off this field, get this game over with. I made a mental note of that. Yeah, I do think they're at the end of their rope. And one thing that frustrates me, and it's late so I can bitch because there's probably not a ton of people listening, and I know they don't like when the media bitches, but I find it frustrating that Stacey James, the director of media relations or VP of media relations, sends out the media schedule and, ooh, I can look forward to Monday when the assistant coaches are available and Troy Brown will be available to answer all these questions for the offense, not Matt Patricia, because, oh, Matt Patricia's not the offensive coordinator, so they use this weird rotation they go through. I think that lack of accountability is is frustrating, is alarming, and I know Matt Patricia's not going to answer any questions necessarily directly. He's a word salad kind of guy, but I just think that whole, from day one, the you don't have a play caller, you don't have an offensive coordinator. No, 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 he communicates the plays, but this is a collaborative effort I just think that lack of experience, that lack of leadership is so magnified more and more as we get into the season. And I think we all predicted that this would be a an epic disaster. And I'm pretty sure we can now declare that this is an epic disaster. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, we can. Um, I think <laughs> I counted myself in the in the camp of like, yeah, it could be bad, but maybe it won't be as bad as we thought. No, it's worse. It's worse. Um, as bad as we thought it was going to be. And you know what? On that note, Andy, I got to say, um, Bill Belichick being up there at the podium and just kind of deflecting and dismissing a lot of these questions about why this offensive coaching staff, this scheme, this whole plan that he put together isn't working. Instead of being up there, yeah, well, you know, I said it started with me. And, you know, yeah, you know, I've got to be better, you know, or like you know, I could have done this better. It's like instead you've got Mac Jones up there taking the heat for all of this. And granted, Mac Jones didn't play that well, but I mean, he's out there running for his life. He's got stunts coming right up the middle into his face, and, and he's doing everything that he possibly can to keep a play alive. And yeah, it's not pretty, but I, I feel like, again, with, with Jones every day and then Bailey Zappi after the Bears game being the first guy out there to the podium, I, I kind of want to know. Yeah, Bill Belichick takes the podium. But I kind of want to know where his accountability is on this because he said we should blame him, and I am fully blaming him yep. for putting this disaster together. This is his responsibility, and I don't know that he's taking enough responsibility for it. Kyrie, we got to wrap up in a sec because we're out in 45 seconds. In five seconds, can you tell me similar energy from the defense when you heard them at the podium and saw them in the locker room? Um, again, this idea that, look, they did some good things, but in the end they couldn't stop Superman and they couldn't stop Stephon Diggs when they needed to. In the end, look, when you've got that quarterback and you've got that receiver that can just make a play, I mean, that can be really demoralizing, and you felt that demoralization in the locker room and at the podium. Ah, completely depressing. Thank you very much for calling in. 
Everyone's fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.